0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guests today are two members of the D.C. Police Department, Captain Jonathan Branch and Sergeant Ari Moore. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: Thanks for having me. First of all, I'm going to start. The the purpose for the podcast is that um, you guys are going to talk about your uh, cadet program in the D.C., in the D.C. metropolitan area. So I'm going to start with you, Captain Branch. I wanted you to describe more of the program.
2: Uh, yes, the uh, program is uh, a great program. It's designed to target the youth of ages 17 to 24. that are currently in the high school in the District of Columbia. Um, we currently have part-time as well as full-time uh, cadets. The uh, part-time cadets um, while in high school and still attending high school can work up to 12 hours a week um, making $16.91 uh, an hour. Um, once they graduate, switch over to become a full time cadet, at which time their uh, salary is increased to $35,000 a year. Um, the program is designed to create a structure um, and a and, and program it to win so they can earn up to 60 college credits uh, through the University of the District of Columbia and hopefully switch over to become crewed officers once they finish the program. So again, it's a great program, great opportunity, and there's no obligation to you know, become an officer once we finish the um, cadet program.
0: Um, how, how long has this program been going on, Captain Branch? Uh,
2: for that one, I defer to Ari. He's um, a member, he was a member of the cadet program. And so I'll let him kind of take the lead on that part as far as how long
1: has it been going on. Yeah, so um, I was a cadet in. Uh, I became a cadet in 1993. I know the program was uh, way before I came. I want to say maybe in the early 80s, but it started getting uh, more prominent I'm around say 80 class, 86, 87. You had a lo- large amount of cadets coming through. And
0: you went in. You said you went in in '93. Yes, sir. What was your reasoning for joining
1: the program? <laughs> To be honest, uh, my reason for joining the program was to get a job. Um, I had no um, real desire to be the police. Um, That was a rough era during those times. Um, Drugs was heavily in the community. Um, I had lost a couple friends uh, to the streets. um, And I knew that wasn't the way of life I wanted. Um, I had a buddy of mine, a close friend of mine, his brother was a police officer, and he kind of influenced us to uh, take control to take um, to join the program. And I joined the program. The good thing about that program is I I say the number one thing about the program is just the exposure to something different. And I tell uh, Captain Branch all the time, the program literally saved my life. Um, During that time, I lost a lot of friends. Uh, A lot of them were either killed. I had a few friends uh, who got arrested. Um, The exposure actually shows you the way, another way to um, overcome some of the issues or a way to your success, right? But the great thing about the program is not just the exposure, it's it's the... um, the guidance that you received. I can look back at like Sergeant Gilbert, Officer Bromley. We had a bunch of officers who showed a personal interest in you, which allowed you to to, to receive the confidence that you needed to become great. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I, um, I take this very seriously. Um, even today, I, when I see a cadet, it's like it, it lights up my day, and I try to show them as much as I can because I know with this program you have some people from the the um neighborhood who's coming through this program. they need that same guidance that I needed
0: because you because you came in, i'm i' st- I'm gonna get back to you, Captain Branch, but I'm gonna stay with Sergeant Moore because I think you're making some good points. um you went in in nineteen ninety three. And you mentioned that was like the
1: height of the cracker. So did you have any reservations about going in? Uh, I did. (laughs) That's an amazing question. Actually, I did. Um, Like I said, I didn't have no desire to be the police. I was concerned about um, what people thought, because you got to keep in mind, I was 17 years old. Um, And then you have a, I think the hardest thing is to deal with family members who might not, accept your choice of career. Then you have people from the neighborhood who might not accept your choice of career. So it's a, it's a hard balance to actually take on this career and these responsibilities. And also, as they say, be loyal to your hood. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and that was one of the hardest things to maneuver. And I'm gonna give you an example. Um, and I talk to the cadets about this all the time you're gonna have a lot of people approaching you, asking you to do things that you know you can't do. For example, can you run my name, see if I'm wanted? And one of the things that I learned early was, you just gotta tell them no. You know what I mean? Um, by you saying, okay, I'll do it, it gives them more opportunity to ask for other things that may be illegal, which might later on cost you your career. Mm. Um, that's, that's a hard one. Another one is, Choosing the friends, like sometimes you got to separate yourself from friends. Sometimes you have to separate yourself from family. I've had I had family members that I literally had to disassociate myself with. Um, couldn't go out with them because I knew what kind of activities they were involved in. Mm. So, so to be able to discuss these issues and teach the cadets how to maneuver through this is, is, is important.
0: Captain Branch, after hearing that, what are, what are some ways you feel like the program can help bridge that gap? Like, you know, because as Sergeant Moore mentioned, I mean, you know, it, it's challenging the, coming from the neighborhood to, you know, make that transition. So what are some of the things you feel like you all can do to help smooth that transition? Um, uh, Sergeant
2: Moore said something very key. Uh, You mentioned uh, Sergeant Gilbert and other members of the staff showing a special interest in them, right? So one of the things now that, you know, since I've been assigned to the program back in September, um, I went back to where where it all started. You know, I've been working closely with Sergeant Moore, uh, Sergeant Gilbert that he's speaking of, to see what made him so successful. And one of the things to keep going back to is a couple of things. Structure and a discipline. Accountability right and ultimately i look at the cadets as you know my kids right and you know i have you know my own kids and so whatever i give my kids i will give to them meaning that structure i'm gonna hold you accountable you're gonna learn a discipline right you're gonna learn how to uh something simple as how to interview a tie side. tie so these are some of the things that we're actually bringing into the program and they're going to grow up into the program and i understand that each one of these young people. Have may have different needs than the next, but ultimately, you know, we're going to lay that foundation, those principles, and it's all going to be aligned with, you know, the way I treat my kids, right? And we're going to give them what's best and tools in their hands to be successful. So, right now, you literally can see like the way the uh, young people respond to, um you know, one of our PT instructors. Like, he literally got a stand ovation. This is the same guy that works him out. <laughs> and fuss uh, at and so them at times but it's that tough love and they know that you showing a personal interest in them so again this is a great opportunity and these are some of the things that you know we're implementing it currently as we continue to um rebuild the program
0: i'm gonna stay with you um captain captain branch we we you know we're, we're in the dc area we know the demographics um but and we also know there's a a problem with policing, not just, just all over the country. Do you feel like this program will help that? Because let's 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 be clear. I mean, it will be it will probably be more blacks, more um, it will be more diversity coming into this program. So do you think that will actually help with the perceived
2: police problem? Um yes, yeah, big time. You know, but I would say personally, I'll really say that it's more. Individuals that love us and don't. And what I mean by that is, like, you should see some of the, you know, I use, you know, Sergeant Moore, for example. At one point, he was in schools, right? You should see some of the relationships that he had from students that are now on the department that came to the cadet program that he met when they were in high school. But these are the things that we don't see nationally on television. Like, I see police officers on a daily basis invest in young people and establish relationships long term. But, of course, you're not going to see this on the news nationally. But I will say this, the program, uh, we, we're pretty diverse. Uh, but, of course, there's more African-Americans um, in the program currently because the African-Americans, especially males, don't get as a, don't always get the same opportunity or have the same mindset. What I mean by that is that, hey, 60 college credits, uh, going to school, going right to college right out of high school, they may not have a plan like others, right? But this program allows them to transition right into a full-time job. So you're putting money in your pocket, you're taking classes, you're getting a structure, and it's at that key point, that key age of 17 to 24 where, you know, you you, you try not to get in trouble and you're trying to, you know, you're going into adulthood and, you know, you're trying to a straight and narrow, but it don't always happen that way. So we're trying to catch capture as many young people at that age of 17 to 24, right out of high school, giving the tools they need, and for overall success. I'm coming back to you, Sergeant Moore.
0: You joined in 1993. How old were you when you
1: joined the cadet program? I was 17 years old, fresh wow. out of high school. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: What was that, what would you say was the biggest factor in you actually saying, you know what, I'm going to do it?
1: Um, It just showed me, I'm, I'm going to tell you this quick story. I can remember, um, this guy I worked at this place called the motor pool. And the guy came to work one particular day and he said, um, he was looking for an AC man. So he says, hey, do you got an AC man? The AC in my house, and my other house went out. I need to get it fixed. So I say, other house, would you got two houses? He's like, yeah, one of my rental properties. And I hate to say it at the time, I didn't know you could own two houses. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that right there, maybe that was like a pivotal part of my of my cadet career where I said, geez, this guy has two houses. He has a boat. And my my mom didn't own a house. We lived in an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And that right there showed me that like the possibilities that I could um, gain from having this career. Wow what
0: what was the what, when you first joined what was the uh what were some of the initial challenges that you faced
1: um like I said earlier, dealing with uh close friends from the neighborhood, oh he wants to be the police, he hot um but I didn't let that uh discourage me from what I wanted because I knew I wanted something better with better what people in my neighborhood was receiving, and I knew you had to do something different to get a different result.
0: I'm gonna come back to you, Captain, Captain Branch. Um you mentioned the the 60 college credits, correct? Yes. Is there a certain field of study that you have to do or you can you can go, you can study whatever you want? No, nah, you can study
2: whatever you want, um as far as just having the 60 college credits. Um and again, like I said, right out of high school, those who are not sure they're going, you know, right to college, they can stay local. You know, most kids who are in college do what? Get a job. What better job to have than to making thirty-five thousand a year? That's some real good money for a seventeen-year-old right out of high school, you know. Um, but you don't have to uh, major in anything particular.
0: Sergeant Moore, how long did it take you to actually get comfortable in the cadet program?
1: Probably be after like that third or fourth chat. <laughs> um, Honestly, I would say I actually didn't get comfortable until I actually turned over to be a police officer. I was completely comfortable in the cadet program, um, but I was still not sure about turning over to be a police officer. But within my first two or three months of being a police officer, I I became confident enough to say, you know what, I know for a fact this is what I want to do.
0: Captain Branch, um, I'm going to just back up a little bit. Because I, uh-huh. I think it's important that I ask you, why is this program, why, why did they choose you to
2: run the program? Hey, I say to be honest with you, from my heart, I've always wanted to be a cadet. It just so happened, the I had moved from D.C. to Maryland, and then for a while, the cadet program wasn't, um, wasn't really up and running. Um, I felt as though it was my time. I think, um, my work with, you know, the youth and young people and having the patience and wanting to invest in young people. You know, maybe the, uh, the chiefs or the assistant chiefs have seen that and had me as, you know, the next person up to, to help take the program to another level. Um, but when I tell you, I have a passion about young people. You know, you know me for years. Sergeant Moore has known me for years. And I always say young people can't choose their parents or their situation, mm-hmm. so... The one thing I always try to do is just make life better, especially for our young people, you know. Um, and I just say that's a great opportunity. It is a
0: great opportunity and they chose you for a reason. But did you have any reservations about accepting the opportunity?
2: Oh, no, not at all. I just told me, hey, when to start. And, you know, when I when I sat down, you know, for my interview, again, I'd say always where I need it and I say, I'm a god fan man, so I feel as though that you're never where well, you're not supposed to be, and again, I would have never thought that I would be, you know, overseeing this cadet program, but again, since I came on the department, I've always, like, you know, would talk to citizens about the cadet program, and they would ask me, and, and I always wanted to be a cadet, but it just, hey, I'm a cadet now, right, but it's overseeing the program, but, um, I never had any reservations because I like investing in young people, especially seeing those results at the end of the day when they're successful, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Sergeant Moore, um, once you completed the program, were you able to go back to your neighborhood and see some of them people who were challenging you about going in?
1: <laughs> Believe it or not, a few of them actually joined the police department. Um, and when I do get to see uh, individuals from my neighborhood, a lot of them actually. Uh, tell me how proud they are of me. Um, They wish they could do it, but they just chose a different path. How did it make you feel when they said they were proud of you? Um, It makes you feel good, Um, but also it makes you feel, um, it kind of gives you mixed feelings because we all grew up in the same neighborhood under the same circumstances pretty much. And it goes back to um, what I talked about earlier, just being able to have that exposure, being be, being able to be exposed to something so you can become better, a better person. And some of those individuals just wasn't exposed to something that they would like to do to change their lives.
0: Captain Branch, we I, I touched on it a little earlier, but I want to go more in depth. Um, we we talked about that. The, um, the perceived police problem. Um, but I think we can also see where there's diversity. Those things are not happening. I mean, I think we could look at the numbers of the situation to see where these situations go wrong. Um, can it be kind of frustrating though, knowing that there, do, there does need to be more diversity on the police academy, I mean, in the police department, but a lot of black men don't want to actually be the police.
2: The – can it get frustrating? Um it, What gets frustrating is when, when when you're on the street and somebody doesn't have a clue, you know, uh, meaning you run into a young black man who you can tell, you know, they kind of teetering of doing good or doing bad, and they won't talk to you in front of their friends, right? hmm But then the same young black man, you see him somewhere and and, and the two of you by yourself, you can have a whole conversation. But then on the flip side, you know, um, you can go to a call for service and have a whole discussion about football and, and the Cowboys and the Washington football team for a whole hour and use that as a a, a contact and, and, and a good engagement you know with that group um what did frustrate me I will say is that finally is that when the 60 college credits kind of came into play i think that kind of hurt us a little bit as far as just the recruiting your local um your local talent so to speak um but again the opportunity right now it's like hey you know what is a great opportunity. We to put it out there as much as possible. With the mayor um, writing into a budget that we can hire up to 150 cadets, guess what? That's 150 plus jobs that we can change someone's li- life and change the, the uh, trajectory of their life and their career. So, um, and that's the way I look at it, you know, because again, it's, it's a great program, you know, college degree. I don't even have my college degree yet. And young people that are seventeen to twenty-four, hey, college degree and money in your pocket—like, what more can you ask for? And to save your parents some money, <laughs> so and you know <laughs> you don't have to pay for your schooling. So it's a win-win. So. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna stay with you on this one, Captain Branch, because something something that's very interesting to me. Um, Sergeant Moore came into the program in 1993. Um, you're running the program currently, and I'll be honest. No, I didn't grow up in D.C., but up until me and you talked a couple of weeks ago, I had no idea that this program existed. So, what are some of the things that you guys are doing to let people know that hey, this program is available, and this is a way to jumpstart your career as a
2: police? One of the things going on is you know coming up to the podcast of you know a friend by the name of James Lampkin that I've known. You're the first person I met when I moved from D.C. to Maryland. So that's, what, almost uh, 30 years, man. Oh, uh, using don't, don't age
0: is on here, brother. Don't age us on here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and being, you know, as Tarja Moore, you know, from, you know, sending on mass texts, you know, putting on our Facebook account. Uh, um, I'm carrying flyers on and off duty. I'm going to hair salons while I'm off. I'm passing the word as much as possible, and then we're also hitting the schools to, to just promote it because, like you said, a lot of uh, people don't know much about the cadet program. Um, and then also, you'll see the billboards on the side of us. So when I tell you, I'm putting it out as much as I possibly can, even if I take the kids. To, uh, we had went to Chick-fil-A, and I asked young man, and young lady, hey, how old are you? And, hey, would you like to make 35000 She's like, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. Give him a flyer." So we've been promoting it as much as possible and trying to put it out there as much as possible. Okay.
0: Sergeant Moore, do you, is, do you ever sit back and think about what your life would look like if you did not join the cadet program?
1: I, I do all the time. Um, and like I said, I, I don't know what I would have done because coming out of uh, high school, for me, college wasn't an option. You know, um... Like I said, I knew I wanted to do better, but I just didn't know where to start. So I wonder about that a lot. Um, and like I said, after I joined the cadet program, that's when a lot of my closest friends started going astray. So definitely, yes.
2: Man, that's that's uh... yeah, and that's and that's key. And that's again, some of these young people you see, man, that they come into the program, and like I said, you know, the principles and the discipline, and 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 and. and the structure that we're going to, we're putting into place. Like, again, it's literally changing their lives. And I always say people hate a structure, right? But they love the results. So you <laughs> got to understand, you know, somebody, let's be honest, you know, uh, and to go back to playing ball for, you know, Coach Lynch back in Superman, like that changed my life and a lot of my friends' lives, right? But one thing that he implemented is he told us a structure, a discipline, right? Self-control, and literally to this day, I apply in life. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's what we want to present, you know, to the young people. You know, I call it like a almost like a paramilitary, where you kind of like, you know, kind of strip a person down to kind of understand them, and then build them up, you know, for the self-confidence, the ability to, you know, to to be to work on time, you know, show up early. You know, um, we did some recently to where though, you know, we did mock interviews, right? A lot of young people didn't know how to dress for an interview. Some had jeans. Some had on collar shirts. Uh, one young man, looked real shop, man. And um, he came in and he um, had his, his collar undone. He had to coat and everything, which is how you're supposed to look. And he's going to put on a clip-on tie. And I was like, hey, come here. He said, clip-on tie. He started laughing. I said, no. I said, do you said, not a tie tie? He's like, no. I said, okay. I brought in my ties from home. I said, meet me down here. You're gonna show everybody how to tie a tie and how you're supposed to look and how you're supposed to come in 30 minutes early. You know, be prepared because every time you step, wherever you're going through a process, especially here, it's an interview, right? And so again, this is something that you know we do these things to, to teach them life skills, but also to understand where some of the young people's uh, maturity level is currently. But it's young. you know, some don't know how to tie a tie. Guess who told me how to tie my first tie, Coach Lynch. Mm. You know, and so these are things that I've, been, you know, that I've learned or that's been implemented into me that I'm gonna pass on. Again, like I do with my kids, you know, I'm gonna do with the cadets as well.
0: Sergeant Moore, you came into the program in 1993. Um, you're still a you're sergeant now. So that's, we're talking at what, 28 years of actual being, we might as well say being in the program because you graduate from the program and you become an officer. right? What are some of the benefits you could say you've enjoyed personally from your career as being a police officer?
1: I will tell you this. My number one is being able to go into my community and give police service to my people in a way that they're not used to getting. See, we got to look back at why policing was formed, right? And understand why people in certain communities don't trust or don't have respect for police, right? When you do so, I always use uh, the phrase, all behavior is learned behavior, right? Some of these behaviors we get from our ancestors or our uh, elders in our families. Um, And I'll give you an example of one. Families would get on the road early in the morning traveling down south just so they wouldn't, they would make it to their destination prior to it getting dark so they wouldn't get pulled over by police officers, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Till this day, we still do that. And subconsciously, you don't know why. I'm not afraid to get pulled over by the police, but we, that was embedded in us from day one. So we're still continuing to, to do these things, Right even looking into the um, low-income housing areas. Little kids at two and three years old are being told, "Like, don't talk to the police, don't do this. But when they see someone like me come around, somebody that's from the neighborhood, that understands the neighborhood, and you ask C- Captain Branch, um, why do you think he was chosen? He was chosen because he cares. When you have officers that really care and want to make a difference, it shows. And that's how you start to build some of that trust back in the community. And one thing I can tell you about our community is this. If you show them consistency, they're willing to change. But it's up to the police department to make that change. And that's why the cadet program is so important because all of these people are from the community. So that is the um, most... That is the most, when you go to a scene and they say, oh, I know him. I want to talk to him because you're treating them fair. You're treating them with respect. I tell my officers all the time, dude, I have alcoholics, crackheads, mental health consumers. I have all of these things in my family. And if you come across one of my family members, I hope you would treat them the same way you would treat the individual who owns a million dollar company up in Georgetown. Mm. Regardless of their okay. circumstances, they're still human. And when they see you start to treat them as a human, they will have more respect yeah. for us as a police department. Hey, yep. I know you
0: want to jump in, John. So I I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know you want to yeah. jump in, Captain Branch, so go ahead and jump in.
2: It, yeah, no, nah, he's in the nail right on the head. And he and I always discuss that because, you know, again, a person will never forget how you treat them, how you made them feel. And one thing about law enforcement is really that you know, one bad advocate can can literally spoil for an entire nation. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to police, and that's regardless of color, because this is a this career has a lot of authority and power. You can you're meeting someone on on the worst day of their life. You could take someone's freedom. You know, not no other profession can do that. So ultimately, you know, we we hold ourselves to a higher standard, and we lead from the front and and set the tone by. Being that example, he and I talk about it all the time. A person will
1: never forget how you make them feel and how you treat them, especially in law enforcement. Hey, hey, hey James, if, if you don't mind me interrupting, I want to share one more quick story um, in reference to that, if you don't mind. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So I worked at H.D. Uh, Woodson High School for a couple of years and I had this young man who um, hygiene wasn't up to par. It was bad. So. I'm going to say this was probably 99, 2000. And he spit in the security guard face. She wants him locked up. I said, I'm not locking him up for that. But I said, there's something else going on. Let me see what's going on. And everybody knew about his odor. Make a long story short, I go to his house, and they have like five cats, five dogs, uh, feces everywhere in the house. Immediately, I recognized that his odor wasn't him. It was probably the animals using the bathroom on his stuff. Mm. I go home. I get five pair of pants, five shirts, two pair of shoes, and I bring a button up shirt. I said, you got to wear the button up shirt once a week. I said, when the clothes get dirty, put them in the bag, put them by my office. I'll make sure I wash them. i bring you some soap, toothpaste, washcloth, all of that good stuff. All you got to do is look at me, give me the heads up. He does it about three or four times. Maybe after that, I got transferred out. I would still go past the school to check on him. He started doing better. Three years down the road, I get a call for a shooting on Clay Terrace. I pull up on the scene, I'm on the scene. I hear somebody saying, "More, more." I turn around, this guy is a firefighter. And he tells me, he said, you are the first person that showed me they care. I'm on the scene with tears in my eyes. When I tell you, he said, but I couldn't be no police officer. So I became a firefighter. I had tears <laughs> in my eyes on the scene of the homicide because Finally, it hit me like the, the work that you do, you you're not gonna get recognized every day. But if you just catch one, two, three, but you can't never stop. The four or five that you don't think you're gonna hit, you still gotta show them that same love. And one day they may get it. Mm. I just wanted to share that story with you.
0: Man, that's a yep. that's a powerful story, man. Wow. Yep.
2: Yep. yep. And that, that's why we say we serve it. And 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 again. You know, we deal with people a lot of times when they call the police is normally, you know, the worst time in their life because they yeah. need help. And we a lot of times we, you know, these are stories that you don't hear or you hear about on the news or don't see. You know, that's one of the reasons, you know, with the school supply drive, you know, that man, you know, my wife do every year. Again, we get to see it firsthand of young people who need school supplies, And we've been doing that for 10 plus years, you know. Um, again, Eric working in the school, Sergeant Moore working into the school, you know, I've done something similar to though giving a young kid some shoes that my youngest friend had outgrew. Yeah, and again, to keep from having a, um, you know, embarrass him or anything like that, pull them to the side or ask one of the teachers. You know, you go up to the school for that particular kid, and while talking to the kid, like literally, you can see his feet pulled up in the shoes, and you can smell his feet um, outside the shoes. Mm. Again, yeah. bag yeah. of socks. Brand new socks, some shoes that were gently worn. And you should have saw how that kid lit up. And it was even better. You know, my son was excited about it, you know. So, again, just little simple things like that. When you come in contact, a person never forget how you made them feel and how you treated them. Yeah. Point blank. So.
0: I'm I just for you, sir. So I'm going to actually ask you both the same question. Um, but I'm going to start with you, Simon more. We'll you both mention community so much. Could you do the job you do if you did not love your community?
1: I would say- No, I would say no.
2: Yeah, I I would say the same thing. Cause it's, one thing about this career is is a calling. And if you don't love your community, it'll pretty much show. Or you don't love people, it'll show. At some point, it's going to show whether whether you don't make it through your career, or yep. you know, yep. like getting fired or something like that, or just you can't, you can't
1: say no better. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> it shows. Trust me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, we, we, and, and not only will it show you, you will be miserable because the things yeah, that you're exactly. doing are not satisfying to you.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah, but the things you see, you know, and again, this 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 is a very unique career because some of the things you see, like you said, you know the young man and, and the older, you know, again, that probably saved that young man's life mm-hmm. or saved somebody else's life. Because again, when you start to mistreat someone, you know, that dignity and that pride, remember a person would die for those two things. So when when somebody's being mistreated, they'd die for that dignity, I always okay. remember that. So, mm-hmm. but that changed that young man's life and probably somebody else's because guess what? He didn't go down that wrong road.
0: We're gonna call, we're gonna close it out with this, and I'm gonna start with Sergeant Moore. If you could say one reason
1: to join the cadet program, what would it be? If I could say one reason to join the cadet program, it would be to start a career, not a job, a career in a field that is needed so much. We need young black people, young people from the neighborhood to come out, um, change their lives, and being able to help change everyone else's life in the community to make the entire community, the District of Columbia, a safer place to to reside. And now, as for you, Captain
0: Branch, we've heard everyone talk, um, we've heard the great stories. For those listening that want to become a cadet, how do they become a cadet?
2: Uh, they can go to mpd.dc.gov online, and they can actually just follow the prompt to um, join MPD. It's uh, self-explanatory. Go to uh, the cadet portion. You can sign up for a um, cadet prospect day. we we'll get you on in for an interview uh, as we expand the uh, part-time. Uh, cadet program, uh, we are actually going to start making our way into the schools. So, and also they can reach out to me, uh, Jonathan.branch at dc.gov, J O H N A T H A N dot B R A N C H at dc.gov. Um, and we can possibly come out to your school, do a whole mass setup, and try to get you signed up if you're interested. Really quick, also, um, Captain Branch, do
0: they have to be a DC resident?
2: Yes. So right now, yes. But currently we're working on a legislature to try to change that so they can apply. And what we're doing is creating a uh, waiting list. Uh, So we actually have signed up some uh, individuals who um, are non-DC residents. And uh, recently we just changed the fact that you can be, you just have to be a DC resident, but you can be a graduate of a uh, school out in uh, Maryland. But you still have to just be a DC resident. I just use that as an example because
0: we actually had that come up recently. So, Hey, gentlemen, I really thank you for um, taking the time to do this. Um, It's been an honor and a pleasure talking with you both. And I also want to thank you both for your service. Um, It's, you know, every day you guys put your life on the line when you put that uniform on. So I greatly appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, definitely, bro. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with Lamp. And you can listen to the podcast on Apple and SoundCloud. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.